Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. The word to which we devote our attention this morning is uh, the Old Testament lesson, the account of uh, Jonah. We pray, O Lord, be gracious unto us and bless your word among us. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, the story of Jonah is a familiar one, isn't it? Uh, So familiar that Well, we know who the main characters are, uh, Jonah and the whale. Except we don't even know if it was a whale. The Bible simply calls it a great fish. Yes, the main characters are not Jonah and the whale. The main characters are Jonah and the people to whom Jonah was to preach. They're often the forgotten ones. Just like today when many who need to hear the saving gospel of Jesus are forgotten too. Now, why is that? Could it be that we focus too much on ourselves and not enough on them? Well, today we'd like to change that and learn all over again that love and mercy and grace and compassion of our God so that we don't keep it to ourselves, but that we give it away and share it with them so that they too can receive and rejoice in that saving gospel of Christ just as we do. And so today we want to learn a few lessons from the life of Jonah, lessons for life. Now the time was about 800 years before the time of Christ. And as you know from your Bible history, by this time, the kingdom of Israel had been divided into two kingdoms, the southern kingdom of Judah, which for the most part had remained faithful to God, In the northern kingdom, the larger part of the kingdom, which had drifted away from worshiping the Lord. And the Lord sent one prophet after another to call them back in repentance, but his words fell on deaf ears. Well, just north of the northern kingdom of Israel was the nation of Assyria. And the capital of Assyria was Nineveh. If you were to look on a map today, it would be the countries of Iraq and Iran. Now, Nineveh, we're told from the prophet Nahum in the Old Testament, was such a wicked and violent city that there were so many murders that people had to step over the dead bodies. And Assyria was a nation that went out and conquered many others, and they brought their people back 
as slaves. And it seemed that the northern kingdom of Israel was next on their list. Well, this is where Jonah comes on the scene. He was a prophet to that northern kingdom of Israel. And there he proclaimed the word of the Lord. And he also proclaimed it to the king, Jeroboam II. But now God was sending Jonah with a different message to a different people. We read there in chapter 1, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Lesson number one from the life of Jonah. And that is, the Lord speaks to us still today through his word. Now we know that in the Old Testament there were times when God spoke directly to individuals so that they could share his word with others. Individuals like Adam and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and his prophet Jonah. But since that time, God has chosen to speak to us through his son, Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, we hear these words, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he created the universe. It's Jesus Christ, who is God's son, creator of all things, is the one who speaks for God today because, after all, he is God. And his words, his actions are recorded for us in this book that we call the Bible. It's the Lord. He speaks to us still today, and this is the word he is bringing to us. Now, does God speak to us directly as he did at times in the Old Testament? You know, sometimes I get a little uncomfortable when a Christian or a Christian pastor says, well, God spoke to me and he told me what I am to do and he told me what you are to do. Some time ago, there was a farmer sitting at his kitchen table and the letters GPC kept running through his mind. And he thought to himself, maybe God is telling me to go preach Christ. And so he went and told his wife, I'm selling the farm because God wants me to go and preach Christ. His wife looked at him and she said, are you sure he hasn't asking you to go plant corn? Now, if it seems that God is leading you in a certain direction in your life, then pursue it. But test the waters. Maybe it is that God might put some obstacles in your way and show you that really is not the path that he has chosen for your life. Now, we know that God does work through circumstances in our lives. He, he works through the advice and counsel of others, especially our, our trusted Christian friends. 
And he also works through answered prayers. But the way in which we can know for sure what God's will for us is, is recorded in this book, the Bible. There God speaks to us and tells us what is most important in our life to know. And that is that without Christ, we are condemned sinners. And also that through our faith in Christ, we are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, heirs of eternal life. Yes, the Bible makes it clear that the Lord is there in his word, and he is there wherever there is faith in Christ, and the Holy Spirit is present through that word to speak to us as people. Yes, the Lord does speak to us still today. Lesson number two, there are consequences to disobeying the word of the Lord. As was related in our children's sermon at, uh, we read in verse three, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa and where he found a ship bound for that port and after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now Jonah was in northern Israel in, a, in the capital of Nineveh was about 600 miles to the northeast. But Jonah went 60 miles to the southwest to Joppa where he boarded a ship to set sail for Tarshish, about 2,000 miles away in Spain. Now, what was Jonah thinking? Well, he was thinking, if I go and preach repentance to these Ninevites, they may very well repent, and their nation may be destroyed, and then they may come and destroy our nation. But if I don't go to Nineveh, they won't repent, and they may be destroyed, and then our nation will be spared. And besides, I want nothing to do with all of this, and so I'm going to put as much distance as I can between me and Nineveh, and if the Lord wants someone to go and preach to them, he's going to have to find someone else because I simply won't be there. Now, the word of the Lord was very clear. But Jonah thought it was okay that it was right to go against God's word. Now, does that ever happen today? God's word doesn't always fit in with our way of thinking, and that is because by nature we are all born with the sinful, corrupt human nature. Oh, we think at times it's okay to place ourselves first and foremost rather than others. Even though the Bible says, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Oh, we think it's okay at times to give in to worry about the future. Even though Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Or we think it's, it's okay at times to hold a grudge and not to forgive someone who has hurt us, 
even though the Bible says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Oh, we think it's okay at times to show kindness and respect to some that we like and to ignore or avoid others we don't. Even though the Bible says, if you show favoritism, you are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Oh, we still have a lot to learn from this word of God, don't we? And so much to repent of. Now, there are consequences for disobeying the word of the Lord, and in Jonah's case, they were sudden and severe. At first, everything seemed to be going along fine. Jonah got aboard that ship, and they were sailing along when the first sign of trouble came, a storm. And the Bible calls it a great wind, a violent storm, so much so that the sailors aboard the ship began to pray to their gods. Now, if experienced sailors are praying, that that can't be a good sign. They thought that God had sent this storm, and so they were wondering who was responsible, who had brought this upon them. And so they cast lots. And the lot pointed to Jonah. And Jonah realized he was the culprit. He said to them, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Yes, and then Jonah submitted to the word of the Lord. He acknowledged what he had done. And he asked them to throw him overboard. Now, the sailors at first were reluctant, but finally they gave in. And the moment they threw Jonah overboard, the Lord sent a great fish who came and swallowed up Jonah. Now, could Jonah stay alive in a large fish? Well, we know that with the Lord, anything is possible. And besides... Didn't Jesus himself point to Jonah and his time in that fish at the time when he who would die and then rise again would do so on the third day? Yes, God was at work here. It is true that God can forgive our sins for disobeying his Lord, but still, still there may be consequences to our disobedience. And lesson number three is, God's word can strengthen our faith even when we face the consequences for our sin. Now here is where the account of Jonah takes a turn. Jonah was swallowed up by that great fish, but he remained alive in his belly. And there is where he acknowledged his sin to God and sought his forgiveness. And there we know the Lord is the one who freely does forgive. And what did Jonah do next? Well, he did what we would all do. He prayed. 
Only his prayer wasn't, Lord, save me, because the Lord had already done that by sending that great fish. But his prayer was, thank you, Lord, for saving me. In his words, I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I avowed I will make good, for salvation comes from the Lord. And in the next verse, we read, the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited to Jonah onto dry land. Yes, Jonah's faith in the word of the Lord suddenly grew, and it grew exponentially. For we know that God promises to deliver us even when evil comes upon us. And so as Jonah waited, he found himself out on dry land again, and now available for the Lord's mission. Lesson number four, the word of the Lord has the power to convert. In our account for today, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you. And you know what? Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. And Nineveh was a great city. It took Jonah three days to go all through it and preach to it. There were well over 100,000 people there. And this now is the second great miracle in the account of Jonah. The entire city repents. This is the account of the largest conversion of souls that is recorded in the Bible even greater than what happened on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 were brought to saving faith in Jesus. And it all happened by the power of God's word. For God's word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing soul and spirit. Yes, God's word is like a double-edged sword. The law convicts our hearts. The gospel soothes our consciences and gives us peace. Peace with God in Christ. Now, can the word of the Lord be rejected? We know that in the parable of the sower and the seed that Jesus taught, of the four types of seed that were planted, three of them did not bear fruit. But in this case in Nineveh, the entire city repents and is led to genuine conversion and repentance. And we hear, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion on them and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Now, normally, normally the story would end there, but, but not in Jonah's case. You see, Jonah had learned to obey the word of the Lord, but he had to learn one more thing, to think like the Lord. 
You see, Jonah was upset when Nineveh repented. He was angry. He was displeased. And so in chapter 4, we read these words. Jonah said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And then Jonah went out on a hill overlooking the city, and he sat there waiting to see if the people of Nineveh would go back to rejecting God. But it was hot out there, and Jonah was miserable. And so overnight, the Lord caused a vine to grow up, and to give Jonah shade. And the next day, he was pleased to sit under the shade of that vine tree. But then the next day, the Lord sent a worm, and the worm consumed the vine, and it shriveled and withered up. And again, Jonah was displeased. He was angry. And again, he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said to Jonah, Jonah, you have been concerned for yourself your nation, your desires, your comforts. And you were displeased when a vine grew up and then withered. But I am concerned for people, people who are lost in their sins, children who are growing up in homes where they don't hear about me, the God, who loves to forgive. And so lesson number five is God wants all people to be saved, to come to a knowledge of the truth through his word, and he will go to great lengths to bring that about. Now we know that God has placed each of us in places in our lives where we rub shoulders with those who don't know or haven't heard the mercy, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are children growing up in homes where his name is not heard. Now, it may be a little inconvenient for us at times. It may even take some sacrifice on our part. And we may even need to go out of our way but to think like the Lord and to have compassion on them, on those who yet need to hear that saving gospel of Jesus, of what he has done for us, of what he has done for them, that he is the one who loves all and wants all to be saved and to come to his truth. Now, the book of Jonah ends with these words from God. Very briefly, God says, Should I not be concerned about that city? Now, did Jonah learn to think like the Lord? The Bible really doesn't tell us. 
But the question for us today is, have we? We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.